Are you ready? Can't the New York Jets can beat anybody in the world, and I think we're going to win next Sunday. The New York Jets. I think Jet fans. Jet fans. Jet fans. Are very passionate. Thank you, all you fans. They got their guy. Darnold falling to the Jets. Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold. That's such an upside. I think Jet fans. Very passionate. Brady sucks. Don't be sucks. I'm not I could not have been any more impressed than I was with Sam Darnold. Jets won their second game in a row yesterday. It was a great team win, first of all. 280 yards, two touchdowns. For me, it's just patience. Take what they give me. Sam Darnold, I give him a ton of credit. Man, my dude is impressive. Sam Darnold, this is the kind of games that you expect from the young quarterback. This guy's a freaking flatline. He doesn't have a pulse. He's one of the coolest dudes ever. This is their franchise quarterback. We just gotta keep grinding every single week and you know take every single week as a new challenge. This is the, this is their this is their franchise quarterback. Yes! Yes! Oh yeah! Darnold in his own touchdown! Jets have improved so much. Feel that, buddy? Huh? 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 Touchdown! And they made the right decision by moving up to be able to get the kid from USC. Touchdown! I could not have been any more impressed than I was with Sam Donald. Everybody and welcome to the latest edition of the Ain't Easy Being Green podcast, broadcasting to you on the Elite Sports Radio Network, live from Putnam Valley, New York. I am Keith Farrell, joined as always by my colleague and co-host, none other than the biggest Jet fan in the state of Texas, Michael Lagaris. Everybody, what up? Thanks, Keith. Mike, what is the deal? A little all eyes on me. Tupac beat to intro us in because all eyes are on one person in New York City right now. His name is Sam Darno. Isn't that true? That is so true. Coming off another big win. Two wins in a row for the Jets. Jason Meyer with seven field goals. Jamal Adams is all over the place once again. Nobody's had a game, Mike, with three tackles where they made more of an impact than Jamal Adams did this weekend. Oh, yeah, and I'm sure Robert Turbin has the same opinion. He forced the fumble. He deflected that first pass that we returned for that pick six. Huge! Huge. Huge. Huge win for the Jets. They take out Andrew Luck, put the smack down on the Colts. Like we predicted here on the Ain't Easy Being Green podcast. Mike, I was stoked. Energy in the stadium. I was loving it. The Jets now have 15 turnovers in six games. Unheard of stuff for the Jets. Uh, A lot of positives to go through in the game, Mike. Jason Meyer nailed seven field goals. The most yardage a kicker has ever kicked for in a single game in the history of the National Football League. Great job. Yes. One of the things that I took away, Jason Meyer's reliability. You know, like you said, some perspective on his performance. He had the most yards, field goal yards in NFL history, 274. Unreal. Myers set a Jets record by making seven field goals, tied for second most all-time in history. That is unbelievable. Yes. Connected twice from 37 and twice from 45 and also made a 48-yarder. He's now 16 for 17 in the season, including 6 for 6 from 40 yards on out. I texted you during the uh, a little bit after the game and I said, you know what? Me and Myers, we're good. We're good. We're good. Yeah, I'm good with him too. If he's going to knock down seven field goals, the Jets had 13 drives on the day, Mike. 13 possessions, one punt. 
two turnovers. We know there was an interception. There was a fumble. They scored on every single other possession. That's 10 possessions they scored on. Seven field goals, three touchdowns. Meyer, player of the game, you have to say. But Sam Darnold is the reason to me. Obviously, Meyer's made seven field goals. But Sam is the reason we won this game. This was a shootout with Andrew Luck. Luck had a huge day, as we know. He threw for 300 yards, four touchdowns. But toe-to-toe with Andrew Luck was Sam Darnold. 280 yards, two TDs. Move the ball down the field all day long. Me, Mike, to me... This is his best game he's played as a New York Jet. So the first game, the New York Jets won, and Sam, I would say, was uh, a part of that win, but he wasn't the reason they won. And the game against Denver, he had another good game, and I would say he was good, but he wasn't the reason. You know, they they had about, what, he had about 20 20 to 22 attempts. Uh, They were dominant in the rushing performance, you know, and everything. But this was the very first game, as you were just stating, that he actually is the driver, the reason that they won this game. He came of age in this game. Sam Darnold took another giant step forward on Sunday, receiving a passer uh, grade of 91.2 from PFF, the best among all QBs this week. Darnold, yeah, Darnold said that he's getting much more comfortable in rhythm with all of his targets. He threw, he has thrown now nine touchdowns on the year to six different receivers: Pryor, Herndon, Leggett, Anderson, Anunua, and Powell. He completed 24 for 30 for 280 yards and a pair of touchdowns and a pick for a quarterback rating of 113.9. You have to go all the way back to Chad P for the last time the Jets quarterback completed 80% of his passes on least 30 attempts. He now owns two of the youngest performances of 110 plus quarterback rating minimum 20 pass attempts in NFL history. On pace currently for 3,589 yards, 24 touchdowns, 19 interceptions with about a 60% completion percentage. That's more yards than Ryan, Dalton, Wilson, RG3, Roethlisberger, and more touchdowns than Wentz, Cam, Luck, Ryan, Flacco, Palmer all had in their rookie seasons. Mike, can I throw some other stats at you that will definitely please Jet fans? All signs pointing up for Sam. This week especially was something that should energize Jet fans when it comes to Darnold. The maturation slowly that we're seeing. You mentioned the stats, the projections for the rest of the year, Mike. 24 TDs, about 3,600 yards, about a 60% completion percentage. I want to throw something at you, Mike. Last year in the NFL, 2017, only 11 quarterbacks in the NFL had more than 3,589 yards, which Sam has projected for right now. Let me let me repeat that. Only 11 quarterbacks last year in the NFL had more yards than he's projected for right now in his rookie season. Mm. Those quarterbacks' names are Jerry Goff, Jameis Winston, Alex Smith, Kirk Cousins, Matt Ryan, Ben Roethlisberger, Drew Brees, Matt Stafford, Philip Rivers, and Tom Brady. Do any of those quarterbacks have anything in common, Mike? Uh, they're... They're good. They're the best quarterback in the league. They're good. Okay, so, like, last year, now, I, I understand statistically this year has been a bit of an anomaly for the NFL when it comes to passing yards and scoring. So, this year might, I mean, this year might be the way things are moving forward in the NFL. This could be the new NFL. I get that. But last year, only 11 QBs finished with more yards than our boy is projected for right now. Oh, yeah! In his rookie season. Another stat I'll throw at you, Mike. Last year, only 10 quarterbacks in the league finished with more than 24 touchdowns. And it's pretty much most of the names that we just mentioned. Guys that finished with less than 24 touchdowns. There's a bunch of quarterbacks that are very good that didn't even get to 24 touchdowns like Drew Brees, Derek Carr, Matt Ryan, Jameis Winston, Cam Newton. So the season that Sam is having right now, the pace that he's on, is not just good for a rookie, Mike. 
it's good for any NFL quarterback. Absolutely. He's a couple of things he's got to work on, which we'll talk about. You know, the turnovers, obviously, but uh, the red zone efficiency. The Jets came into the game well, last in the NFL in red zone offense. Uh, on Sunday, they were one and for six on these opportunities. The teams last in this area usually have a losing record, so the fact that the Jets don't have a losing record is uh, is pretty good. Some positives are that Herndon is showing some good hands, so he could help maybe in the red zone. More receivers are getting involved, like we talked about before. First four games have been all Quincy. That Darnold was just relying on Quincy, but against the Colts, uh, Nuno got hurt and just had one catch for nine yards. Anderson had three for 39. Curse had a breakout game, nine catches for 94 yards. And Pryor had five catches for 57 yards and a touchdown. Pryor could be a legit red zone weapon for the Jets. So uh, as, as Sam starts his progression, and as we talked about, one of the things that the New York Jets is a team uh, with Sam leading them is they have to become a little bit more efficient in the red zone. Another stat I'll throw at you, Mike. I agree with everything you just said completely. Another stat that I forgot to mention a moment ago was that you mentioned a few stats about him being the youngest quarterback to achieve things. He's also the youngest QB to ever have a QB rating as high as his QB rating was Sunday with over 30 attempts passing since Fran Tarkington in 1960. That's incredible. Now that's now we're going back. We're going back to the old days. Now we're, we're going back to old old day stats. There wasn't even a Super Bowl yet. Is the last time a quarterback as young as Sam threw the ball 30 times and was as efficient as he was. Another good thing to point out, Mike. Now our defense hasn't necessarily been keeping teams from moving the ball. Teams have been able to move the ball on us. Teams have been able to get some yardage on us. But one thing they have been able to do, Mike, is take the ball away. That's right. Now, even this weekend. Where Coles did move the ball, Luck had plenty of touchdowns. They still were able to get takeaways. In on the season, we have 15 takeaways already in six games. We do. Which uh, we actually had. We actually had four takeaways this Sunday. Oh, was it five in Week One against the Lions? Through six games in 2018, like you said, the Jets have 15 takeaways right now. They're on pace for 40 takeaways in 2018. The Jets had two touchdowns, two field goals off turn turnovers. 20 points total, so they're actually doing something when they take the ball away. Like you said, they're not really stopping the the, the, the yardage, as Keenum, you saw, got up a 400-plus yard day Sunday, but uh, they are taking away the ball, and I did hear today a stat that said right now this Jet team is getting more hands-on ball, and it's not that's not just it takeaways, but that's actually like trying to force strips, getting hands on the ball better than even the 2009 defense with all world Darrell Revis. Like you said, four more takeaways this weekend. They were not able to really stop them from moving the ball, like we said, Mike, but the takeaways are always going to be... I mean, if you, if you can take the ball away from the other team, that's much more valuable than being able to stop drives and get punts, because the takeaways can get you the ball at the 10-yard line, the 15-yard line, the 20-yard line, your own in your own territory, as opposed to having a punt having to move the ball. So, defense, it's hard to say a defense play great, Mike, if a team scores as many points as the Colts, but... There was spots, like we said, where they were very effective. They were able to take the ball away from the Colts a bunch of times. Darren Lee's been playing great all day. Had another great game this weekend. I think he had... Yeah, he had eight, eight tackles for Darren Lee. A great game. Another big game for oh, yeah. Avery Williamson, who is turning out to be the best free agent we signed on the offseason. Five tackles, two passes defended, had an interception. It seems like every single game, Avery Williamson and Jamal Adams are doing things defensively to stand out, to turn the ball over, to really turn momentum. Those are the type of plays Adams and Avery Williamson have been making. Momentum-turning plays, huge defensive plays, takeaways, batted passes, sacks, 
Um, those, those two guys are tremendous, but let's get into the details. We talked a little bit about it, guys. Time for Mike to break down week six of the New York Jets, Indianapolis Colts. Let's go. The situation uh, kind of got heavy on 50 years ago, the Jets franchise delivered the very first Super Bowl victory to the city of New York. On Sunday, the 1968 championship team was honored at MetLife Stadium. The Indianapolis Colts, who were defeated during that time, took the field ready to receive the ball. It didn't take long for the Jet chance to roar. On the second play of the game, Andrew Luck delivered a gift into the waiting hands of Mo Claiborne. Quick pass, and that one is intercepted by the Jets. Touchdown, Morris Claiborne. Evans, take it to the house, Mo. <laughs> Jamal Adams with the pass deflection, an immediate touchdown, 12 seconds into the game. There was several Colts fans just sitting down in front of me with fresh beers in their hands. Immediately their heads were in their laps. It felt great. Huge play by Claiborne. Huge play by Jamal Adams. That's how you start the game, Mike. That's how you start the game. Now on their second drive, they had a little bit more luck going. Five plays for 75 yards and a touchdown to tie the game up 7-7. Now on this drive, Perry Nickerson looked like a rookie. Dropped a surefire interception. And he was also getting destroyed on coverage. Luck picked at the rookie time and time again, capitalized with the score. So they went up 7-7 very quickly. What disturbed me about the drive was they went down the field real quick. Yeah. Real quick. And that was, when you see a team go down, the obviously the first play didn't work out. The first drive didn't work out so well for the Colts. And in my mind, a light went off saying, Mike, if the Jets are not going to be able to put points up today, we're going to lose this game. Because you already saw, you already felt in the, in, in the plums it was going to be a shootout. Andrew Luck carved us up. It's 7-7. Jets on offense for the first time. Powell took it for two and then for nine for a first down. Darnold to curse for eight. Powell to the left for six and a first down. Darnold with a deep pass down the sideline to Herndon for 24 yards and a first down. Darnold complete to Isaiah for seven. Darnold with a strike to Sterling for seven and a first down. Jets in the red zone completing a pass again to Sterling for six. Two run stuffs for Crowell. Myers gets his first attempt as a field goal, 30 yards. We didn't capitalize in the red zone, but Myers got his first one. Yeah, and that was the first of many field goals for the day. And Mike, scoring in the red zone is the key. Scoring in the red zone is what successful teams do to win. All the best teams in the league are very efficient in the red zone. But when you have a team like the Jets and you have a rookie quarterback like Sam and you have some of the deficiencies maybe that we have on offensive line on paper, not maybe running the ball. They played pretty good the offensive line, but all you want to make sure you do when you have drives like this, Mike, is get some points out of them. Especially, especially early in the game. You don't, you don't want to be missing those field goals early. Uh, field goals matter at all points, Mike. But early in the game, it's good to see them move the ball, even if they weren't able to put it in the end zone. The Colts got the ball back. They went three plays. They went for two yards and a punt. Great stop on defense. Darren Lee and Mo Claiborne showed great coverage on this defensive stop. Jets received the ball. First play, run. Second play, run. Third down, empty backfield. Third and long, no threat of run, pocket quickly collapses, Sam drags off his back foot, stares down Robbie, doesn't see the secondary coverage, interception. Bad play call, bad decision on the QB. It's become a common theme for the Jets this year, unfortunately, early turnovers in the game, Mike. 
Same thing happened to us last week. We were able to overcome it last week. Happened to us this week. Again, able to overcome it. But you want to... And we, we said it before we just watched this most recent game, Mike. What you want to see is us get through a game and not be so careless with the ball. Yeah. But just but like, like we talked about last game, what did uh, Bates do right there? First down, run. Oh, no, no, Mike, Mike, Mike. Everything they did, everything they did was predictable. Yeah. I'm, I'm not yeah. saying on that drive... I'm not saying on that drive we disguised anything well. I'm not saying on that drive we were able to fool them in any way, shape, or form. Obviously, we weren't. Yeah. But even if you're being predictable, I mean, you can't you turn, can't turn the, the ball, ball over. over. Like we have yeah. it. And if you're not putting, and I actually think Bates called a good game this weekend and did a really good job. Um, that drive is not a good example of it. The rest of the game, I think he varied up and was able to fool the Colts a whole bunch of times. Yes. Um, the pass to Herndon that we're going to get to shortly was one of the best examples of that. But this drive was more of what we saw. Not so much last week, but the week before that, when we're like, you know what, you can't just line up with no one in the backfield. Exactly. You can't just line up with three tight ends and you know no wide receiver. Like, you, I just said you can do that, but you can't throw or pass in the formations where people think you're going to throw or pass every single time. You have to have some type of deception. Absolutely. And so, hey, you know, there's a turnover, like you said, we got to stop that. Colts get the ball, go eight plays for 32 yards after getting the ball in the Jet 35. There was a penalty in the neutral zone, which brought the Colts to the seven, the Jet seven. Copeland made a huge stop on Ebron. Colt, uh, they ended up kicking a field goal. Great goal line defense. Uh, tied it up 10-10. Jets get the ball back. Darnold Quick, quick pass to Quincy, and he does this. That quick pass, that's complete. This is Inunua, and Inunua with a little running room, lost the football. On the ground, recovered by Indianapolis. We have to stop with the turnovers. Yeah, it's coming up. As we know, it's just this is becoming the theme for us this year, is that, yes, we are turning the ball over for other teams. We're actually plus, I think we're plus about four or five in the turnover margin, Mike. Yet... It's mind-boggling where plus anything when it comes to turnovers, the amount of times we give the ball back to the other team. <laughs> yes. It just, it just blows up. You would never think the Jets are plus in the plus-minus when it comes to turnovers right now. We actually are in the green, which is mind-boggling just because we've been so good at turning the ball over. But we have to be less careless with the ball, and we have to get our act together, uh, especially early in these games, Mike. We can't be so careless. Yeah. I mean, Colts get the ball again in jet territory jet defense holds them to a field goal henry anderson had a great stop on turban and good coverage by roberts that set this up but again the the colts just it was easy for them they went and got a field goal jets get the ball back penalty on the kick they get the ball way deep in 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 jet territory they went three plays for nine yards Darnold completed a pass to Eric Tomlinson, but it got wiped out by another penalty. Mistakes are just killing us right now. We had to punt it. So the next possession, the Colts get the ball. Luck to Pascal for six yards. Turbin canned off up the middle for three. Third and one. Turbin up the middle and got smacked. Turbin didn't get there. Looked like Jamal Adams may have led the charge from his safety position. Wow! Another another turnover by the Jets. Another great play by Jamal Adams to rip the ball out there. He, and the people I was talking to in my section, it just always seems like when you look up on the screen, Mike, number 33 is always involved in something. Unbelievable. Did you see Turbin after that play? Walking, just barely making it over to the sidelines. His shoulder was all jacked up. Adams just... 
just destroyed him on, on, on that hit. Unreal. I'm loving this kid. Absolutely love. That's a tone setter that changed the game right there. We got the ball back. Crowell up the, up the right for three. Herndon, way to seal the edge to prevent a loss on that play. Darnold hits Anderson for 19 and a first down. Completes to Curse for five. Again to Curse for seven. Field first and goal, and Crowell gets the ball for three. Second and goal, both safeties looking directly at Sam Darnold. Sam takes the snap, fires down the middle for Pryor. Darnold, end zone, touchdown. Terrell Pryor. Pryor is becoming an actual threat in the red zone, Mike, like you said. Big time touchdown for him right there. Big time, big huge target for Sam. Good pass, good catch. Jets looking good. Offense looking good. That that now that ball that he threw right there needed to be executed perfectly in timing wise, and the ball placement had to be perfect because they were playing a cover two. Both safeties were looking at Sam. The moment Sam hiked the ball, he stepped back and immediately fired it and fired it on a on a uh, post route. Oh no, what is it called? A stick route by uh, Pryor. Turned around, caught it. It was perfect, perfectly timed, perfectly placed. Great ball by Darnold. Yeah, another great pass by Sam. He only had six incompletions on the day. One was an interception, and the other five were not that bad at passes either. Sam all day was pretty efficient. His completion percentage was tremendous. Just another example of uh, him moving forward and becoming more accurate as the year goes on. That's right. Colts get the ball. Burris gave up a 12-yard uh, gift to Mr. Grant. Second play, dro Luck drops back and throws. With time, over the middle, intercepted. Picked off by Avery Williamson. Williamson to the 30. And down at about the 22-yard line. Avery Williamson. Gobbled! Avery Williamson all over the place. Once again, big-time turnover. Adding to the momentum the Jets were building in this moment to kind of gain some separation. The Colts came back later in the game. But this was one of the turning points of the game, this turnover right here, Mike. Absolutely. The, 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 like we said before, the hit Jamal Adams produced set the tone. They went down and scored. Avery, they came back. Avery Williamson picked them off. Jets get the ball in Colts territory. Territory. Darnold completes a pass to Powell for first down, and it's called back again on a penalty. This is a get long being an ineligible player downfield. Darnold takes a sack on third down, almost knocks us out of field goal range, but Myers again bails us out, kicking a 48-yarder to put us up 20-13. Yep, Jets' defense holds Colts to a quick three and out to give them possession with just 42 seconds remaining before the half. Darnold to Pryor for five yards. Timeout. Darnold deep pass to Pryor for 22. Timeout. 22 seconds left. Darnold short to Robbie for nine. Out of bounds. Darnold hits Curse deep for 22. Runs up to the line with the entire offense to spike the ball with three seconds left. Myers kicks a field goal before halftime with only 42 seconds to, go to work with from their own 28-yard line. It would have been easy to take a knee and go into the locker room. But Todd Bowles showed faith in his young QB. Sam executed a veteran two-minute drill flawlessly. This to me, and, and it, this is my opinion, okay? Uh, you don't have to agree with it. 
I thought this was the most impressive drive I have seen Sam Darnold do since he's become the quarterback of the New York Jets. This was a very savvy, veteran-like drive. These type of points, when you when you make, when you are so efficient with the ball, you're able to squeeze out one more drive, get your team in field goal range, get an extra three points. That could be the difference between a win and a loss. For, for Sam to go down and get a field goal, not have that much time back after the three and out by the Colts, and go down and get another field goal. Uh, that just shows you, man, he is, to me, already a little bit ahead of schedule. Um, very cool, very chill, very calm in the pocket, um, as Jim Rome said at the beginning, when we played our little audio piece with all eyes on me. The dude doesn't have a pulse. It doesn't seem like many things get to Sam. Very, very efficient on this drive, Mike, and it showed some. Po it definitely showed some poise. These are the type of drives Brady, Rodgers, all the really good quarterbacks have before they go into the half to make sure their team gets some points. <laughs> to think about what he did coming out in the second half the, when the Jets got the ball back. Powell got them. They Jets get the ball. Powell went up the middle for five yards. Darnold hit prior for 19. Powell up the middle for 16. First and 10 from the Indy 32. Darnold looks to Herndon. Fires down the sideline. Darnold wide open at the 15-yard line. 10, 5, touchdown, Chris Herndon. Wide open target, nails him. Great. That seemed like a great play call by Bates right there. Nobody was on Herndon. Uh, obviously, Sam yes. identified it pretty early, got the ball to him, touchdown, ran right into the end zone. Good job by Sam there. Not the hardest pass to make, but the play itself, Mike. Yeah, fake screen. Fake screen. They bit. And that's why you had and not you didn't just have you had Leggett. I think it was Leggett. Leggett was open I, as yeah, well. You I was going to say you actually had more than one. You actually had more than one open receiver on that play. Not that hard for Sam. Great play call. They bit. Uh, a lot of pressure coming at him. Got the ball up. Boom. Touchdown, Jets. Absolutely. And I and I don't mean to ever give the Patriots credit, but the Jets pulled the Patriot. They're up 17 now. 10 unanswered points. Scoring before and after the half. Patriots do that nonstop. In your mind, you're thinking, damn, the Jets have been able to move the ball on the Colts the entire day. The entire day. Now, unfortunately, the Colts also have been able to move the ball as well on the next defensive uh, front, the Colts, uh, show, the Jets showed very lackluster run defense. Six plays for 75 yards for the Colts. Mack was running wild, culminated with a luck touchdown to Ebron. Jets got to do better run on defense. They get the ball again, the New York Jets did. Moved it efficiently once again. Nine plays for 56 yards. A pass to Curse for 19 and a run by Kapow for 21. Put, put us in Colts territory. Myers hits another field goal. 37-yarder. Uh, and Jets were again weren't able to capitalize deep in enemy territory. Yeah, they weren't able to capitalize, Mike, but even though they weren't able to get the ball in the end zone here, considering that they were able to score a touchdown before that, score before the half, it wasn't uh, that disappointing. You want to see them get the ball in the end zone, but if Meyer's going to continue to be a weapon when once they get the ball to the 35-yard line, it, I was, you're, you're thinking in your head now with the Jets, as long as they can move the ball to around the 35-ish yard line, they're going to score. Yeah, that's right. That's right. But the, here's the thing. We're kicking field goals. Colts get the ball back, 13 plays for 75 yards. Perry Nickerson was hit with a pass interference, ended up putting ball on the one-yard line, and Luck hits the touchdown uh, to the tight end. Now they're, they're within a score. They're getting touchdowns. We're getting field goals. So it was a little bit disconcerting, but 
We're now up by just the score. New York Jets put together a drive that will go 10 plays for 48 yards. Darnold takes a sack early, but hits Curse for 21 to get a first down. Control the drive, which ends up with another Jason Meyer field goal to put us up 36 to 27 early in the fourth quarter. Now the Colts were really, really hungry to score, now down nine. Mack went up the middle for nine. Mack again for six. Intentional grounding puts the Colts back, but Andrew fires a strike to Rodgers for 16. Third and five from the in. Third and five from the Indy 45. Shotgun. Leo Williams baptizes Quentin Nelson, the, the fifth overall pick. Pocket collapses. Luck hurries and fires. Jets going man to man here. On third and five. That pass intercepted in midfield. Picked off by Darren Lee. Darren Lee with another interception. Third on the season, including a pick six. Unreal! This guy's having such a season this this year. Isn't yeah, first, he? first, let's give a shout out to the big cat. There he is, right there, giving us a nice little growl. Second of all, Darren Lee. I mean, he has all year been making big time plays. And we, when we came into the season, Mike, me and you were talking about, look, this guy's got to show us something. Where we drafted him. He has not really played up to the level of where he was drafted yet. He hasn't been an impact player. He hasn't really been putting his mark on any of these games his first few seasons. That has changed in 2018. It seems like every time they just need a big-time play, it's either Jamal Adams, Avery Williamson, or Darren Lee. Those three guys are kind of the cornerstone, along with Leo Williams, the big cat of the defense right now. Huge play. Pretty much sealed the deal. Not how it ended up working out. There was still some things to kind of sweat out towards the end of the game there, Mike. But this was a big-time play by Darren Lee. Big-time play by Darren Lee. Again, another tone setter. The Jets pretty much had the game from there. They controlled the game, uh, getting two more field goal drives, and the Skolts ended up scoring a touchdown late in garbage time. Final score, 42-34. to 34, Winning despite limited pressure on Andrew Luck. Yes, we didn't get a ton of sacks, but we did get pressure, but we won in despite of that. And... The ability to handle adversity. There were many times in this game that the Indianapolis Colts were threatening. Coming back, we were turning the ball over, making penalties, but this team fought through it. And led by Sam and led by Todd Bowles and Jeremy Bates, they were able to get that W, and I was just so proud to see Gang Green come through with a victory sign. Oh, Mike, it just it felt good. It felt great. It's nice to walk out of the stadium with your head up. It's nice to have two wins in a row. But what's even nicer than that is... To think that your quarterback is 21 years old, he's played six games in the NFL, he's won three of them, he's lost three of them, but he's showing improvement. He is showing improvement. He I understand he still threw a pick this week. If you're going to have numbers like he had, if you're going to go 24 for 30, 280 yards, two touchdowns and an int, that's pretty efficient. And if you're going to score on 10 possessions of the day out of 13, you're probably going to win... Every, you're probably going to win 95% of your games if you're able to move the ball that well. And that's the reason the Jets won, was because Sam Darnold was able to spread the ball out. I know Anunma got hurt, like you said, Mike. Um, Curse had 94 yards, Pryor 57, Herndon 56, Anderson 39. So Sam spread the ball around. You know, he really, really didn't. Yeah. I really think, obviously Myers made a ton of kicks, but Sam Darnold is the reason we won this game. This was his best game. This was his signature game so far this season, even though only a couple touchdowns still threw an in, but 24 for 30. 10 yeah. scoring drives. 
The defense came up yeah. big four different times with turnovers when we needed it. Even though they gave up a ton of points, they gave up a lot of yards. They were able to turn the ball over four times. Big time win. And then on special teams too, seven field goals. So a complete, a pretty much a complete day, Mike, for the team. The best it was the best game so far I've seen this season in regards to just Sam Darnold and just the whole vibe. Everybody feels confident. You know, the listening to WFAN. I listened to Joe and Evan in the morning and. Evan is just talking about how he's happy about the Jets, but he's just giddy about Sam Darnold because Sam, you can tell this kid really has something going on here. And, uh, you know, we're going to continue to see him play. We got a big time game coming up on Sunday, which we're going to review in a little bit. Definitely want to hear your thoughts and keys to the game on that. Before we get to that game, we're going to get into, as we know, the most anticipated segment in the history of broadcasting for this entire galaxy and universe, Michael Agaris's News and Notes. It is now time for... Hello, what's up everybody? Mike's. You're a professional. I'm a professional. News and... Devastation to the locker room. Notes. It's the home of the Jets! Ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to make this short and sweet. There are two things that caught my eye this week in regards to some news and notes. Um, one of them being jet related, the other one not. As far as jet related, the Jets now are over 30 points for the third time in six games this season. That is a pretty, that is a pretty incredible stat for this team. And on the contrary, the Giants have scored over 30 points once since the beginning of the 2016 season. Hmm. Mm, interesting parallel there. Not that, for any reason, we should be comparing ourselves to the Giants, but it's inevitable when you live in New York, when you are a fan of the Jets, when the team that is the other team in your city, much like Met fans feel, um, every you can, to a degree, feel like a second-class citizen as a Jet fan, and then you see the Giants over here, who have Odell Beckham, and they've had him for five seasons, Yet they can't manage to score more than 30 points any week. Sam Darnold's played six games in the NFL. Half the games he's played in his entire career, he scored more than 30 points. That's right. And through six games, uh, again, his numbers, he's 107 for 179, 59% completion percentage, nine touchdowns, seven inches. 1,346 uh, yards with an 85.9 rating. Mayfield, who was also drafted with him, 55.5%, four touchdowns, five ints, 1,076 yards. Uh, um, Allen, 53.9%, two touchdowns, five ints, 832 yards. And Rosen, 55, two TDs, two ints, 626 yards. And I saw something about Josh Allen that really kind of struck me, just, just to just throw this out there. Josh Allen is the first rookie quarterback in NFL history to post three games with less than 85 yards passing on 15 pass attempts in his first six games of his career. You'd almost have to try to be that bad. Wow, you suck. Crap, crap, crap. <laughs> <laughs> like you'd almost have to purposely, like a 1970s type of scandal where he's getting paid off. That's, that is so pathetic. I, I bet you if you sign up Christian Hackenberg right now, he could produce the same exact stats. Oh, I don't... I don't know. That's, yes. But no, but I will say kudos. Thank you, but thank you very much, Buffalo Bills, for drafting him. But I want to give yes. a shout out to the Jabroni Bills fan who was sitting in my section this week who had a Josh Allen jersey on, who I did have to have a few words with about that. Because it makes no sense if you go to a Jet game when they're not playing the Bills 
but you show up in a Bills jersey. Why are you wasting your time? I mean, Buffalo is basically... You know Buffalo, Mike? You could throw a rock and hit Toronto. It takes eight hours to get to New York from Buffalo. They're basically Canadian-Americans. So don't, don't come <laughs> in my stadium and with your stupid jersey on when the Jets are playing the Colts and try to throw Josh Allen in my face ever again. Anyways, let's move on to Mike. I got I got something I want to throw at you. I was gonna I was gonna say you should throw Chris Chris Fox at him, but that's a no 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 no. We don't we don't have to get into that. <laughs> we don't have to get into that. Um, but I do want to get into my Jabroni of the week. A B G Jabronis Jabronis Jabroni Jabroni of the week. You keep using this word Jabroni and it's awesome. Now, my jabroni of the week, Mike, this week is going to piggyback off last week. These two things have kind of run into one another. Last week, Odell Beckham was the jabroni of the week. We know why. We know about his behavior. We know about the interview with Beetlejuice and Pajama Pants. We know about all the things he's been doing on the field, off the field, all of his antics. The Giants are 27-43 and 43 since he's been on the team. The Giants have won four games since the boat trip. He said he doesn't get a chance. He's not given every opportunity to succeed, but when he played his biggest game of his entire career, he had three drops, dropped two touchdowns. So we know that already about Odell Beckham. But what I didn't know, what I didn't know, Mike, is how spineless the rest of the Giants locker room was. So if the jabroni of the week for this week is the entire Giants locker room, every single player on that team except one named Eli Manning. And why I'm going to say that is, Eli Manning, I know. Mike, not playing great. Not playing very well right. this year. Everybody knows that, okay? He's had a great career. He's won two Super Bowls. He's been a class act the whole time. He's never thrown a single yep. player under the bus. Has been someone that is kind of the epitome of how you wish and hope your quarterback acts in a city like New York. Oh, yeah. If Sam could have a career like Eli, I would be very... Well, very I'd sign up for it right now. And, you know, it's funny because the New York yeah. Giants are giving up 27 points a game. Okay, that's 27 in the league ranked. The New York Giants are at the bottom of the NFL in rushing yards a game. The New York Giants have a pathetic offensive line, probably even worse than New York Jets, even though they spent a ton of money to sign a left tackle who's the highest paid left tackle in the NFL. Their offensive line is pathetic. So they give up a ton of points on defense, Mike. They can't rush the ball at all, even though they spent their number two pick on a, on a running back. Their offensive line is pathetic, yet Odell Beckham and Lil Wayne throw Eli Manning under the bus and tell me the player that's come up and had his back since then to defend him. Tell me the guy, Mike. I can't. You really can't because no one's done that. And my point to you is this. We live in 2018. The me first athlete like Odell Beckham, he thrives now. His his attitude, his, his prima donna nonsense 20 years ago wouldn't be effective, okay? Randy Moss played on how many teams? Why? Because of the way he acted. Great player, but if you're going to act a certain way and it's all about you, certain teams don't want you in the locker room. Odell Beckham, on the other hand, Odell Beckham can be a losing player, okay? The Giants have been a losing team since they signed him. Their team, the culture of their team now is destroyed, okay? The Giants, the classy Giants that we knew our whole life, that's done. That's over with, Mike. You know how you know that? It's because Odell Beckham, all these guys have his back. And meanwhile, Eli Manning, someone who everyone should respect, I understand he might be fading, whatever the case may be, the Giants have 15 different problems. The main problem they have is Odell Beckham and that locker room of the Giants. Not one single player spoke up, A, to have Eli's back, or B, to tell ODB, how about this? 
How about instead of running your mouth so much, right? Instead of doing interviews the Giants didn't say you could do with Little Wayne, with Little Wayne for some reason that no one knows, instead of doing these things, how about you focus on playing football? Imagine right. that, Mike. Imagine that. Yeah, the Mara Mara came out I think today and addressed that. Said that uh, he should uh, do some more playing and. That, and that was the first person that said anything about it now and it seems like it's a big controversy but you know Odell Beckham said that his comments Mike they were going to bring the team together you know this is going to be um, a turning point for the season this next game versus the Eagles and Odell Beckham in this game had six catches for 44 yards he banged his head off an air conditioner before halftime and then decided that he needed an IV because he was malnourished. Mike, it's not that hot out, just so you know, on a night game in the Northeast at this time of year, okay? You didn't need an IV. Right. Okay, you didn't need an IV. You were embarrassed and you walked off the field. This is the type of leadership the Giants have right now, and yet Eli Manning is the guy that gets thrown under the bus. Yeah, and uh, I heard that we have some some young fans that like the AEBG. Is that true? That is very true, Mike. What I want to roll this into my point about the Jabronis of the week, which is the giant locker room. I'm going to do two things. One, I'm going to give a little shout out. We have a good friend of ours named Jimmy. Uh, cousin Jimmy. He's not my cousin. He's a very good friend of mine's cousin, but to me, he's my cousin as well. He's the owner of the Powers of Pain franchise in our fantasy football league. Jimmy Lieto. Really, really good dude. Fan of the show. Friend of the show. And his two little dudes, Jimmy and Jack Lieto. <laughs> They're over here at Lakeview Elementary School holding it down on a daily basis. Two legendary Jet fans. And I want to tell everybody in their school, respect them because they represent the Jets. Why they're ahead of the curve. And what I'm going to send out to all these little football fans out in the world is that if, if your dad or your mom has you rooting for the Giants right now, if that's what's going on in your life, and you're in third or fourth grade or fifth grade, you're young enough still to change course. Okay, now, if you, have, if you have a dad who cares about you, if you have a mom and dad who actually care about your well-being moving forward in life, they should tell you what they should do, mom and dad, if they have a good moral compass and say, see that Odell Beckham? That's how you don't act. You see this giant That's franchise right. that is has four wins in the past two years? That team? That sinking ship right there? Don't root for that blue team. Turn your attention over here to this green team who just drafted a quarterback who's 21 years old, who's 3-3, three and three, who all sides are pointing upward. Now is the time. Now is the time. So, Jimmy and Jack Lieto, shout out to you guys. You're already big-time Jet fans, fans of the show. We appreciate it. Shout out to your dad, who's also a legend. Shout out to all the little Jet fans out there in the world and everybody who supports our podcast because we do appreciate that. I, it's really hard to argue, Mike. I do think that... This is about, you're about two hours and 45 minutes into the Titanic movie right now with the Giants. You know there's not much time left, but you know the ending of this because the ship sinks at the end, Mike. It does. It does. Right now, they're jumping on tables, blowing napkins, <laughs> trying to get out to sea. Celine, I, you know what? I think Celine Dion, I, I think her song just came on. There it is. <laughs> there it is. Yeah, no, they they like they like they're holding on to Eli. We'll never let go. Never. We'll yeah. never let go. I mean, that that's true. <laughs> As he sinks to the bottom of the ocean. Yeah, I mean, un unfortunately, the Giants, Odell Beckham, Pat Schumer, and Eli Manning are all drowning right now. Uh, there's no there's no life raft in place. Now that we're done with that, Mike, we got a big game coming up next week versus the Vikings. Yeah. Good team. A player that we're going to talk about momentarily that spurned the Jets in the offseason, which maybe was the best thing that's ever happened oh. to us. Let's get in to week seven for the New York Jets. The situation uh, 
kind of got heavy on All right, Mike, week seven, third home game in a row for the New York Jets up against the Minnesota Vikings and their quarterback, Kirk Cousins. I want to say something. Uh, I have a good friend of mine. His name is Angel Alfonso. He lives in Florida, Orlando. He attends a church. I forget the name of the church, but his pastor, Donald or Don Cousins, Kirk's father. And uh, during the free agency period, you know, I was texting Angel, my friend. I'm like, hey, uh, are they, what is he, what is he saying? You know, whatever. And then he told me, he said, Mike, He's not going to go where they're going to pay him the most. He's going to go where he feels is best for him and his family. And he told me that. And he's like, look, don't get your hopes up. You know, that that's what they're saying. And lo and behold, the Jets offered him the most lucrative contract in the history of football. And he turned it down because he'd rather play in Minnesota. And that's okay. And you know what? If he didn't make that decision we wouldn't have Sam Darnold right well, now. Well, yeah, to me, that was one of the, uh, you know, it's, it's like the butterfly effect, Mike, where one thing affects all these other decisions after it, you know, and that was the first domino that fell in the eventual path that led to us getting Sam. So I understand that um, at the time I was a little bummed out, I guess, but I didn't know if we realistically had a chance at getting Cousins anyway. Just because of the personnel we currently have, moving forward, ton of money, I get it. But I didn't know if he was going to come, you know, to be a Jet. But what with with him choosing to go to the Vikings, you know, they're three, two, and one. It's not like they're playing much better than us. We're three and three. You know, Kirk Cousins did what he had to do for his family. I totally get it. But him making that decision, the Giants deciding to, to draft Saquon Barkley, not a quarterback. That's the reason we have Sam now. So I can't be too mad at him about that. No, and so far Kirk Cousins is doing pretty decently. He has a hundred and two point seven quarterback rating. Uh, he has 12 touchdowns to three interceptions. It seems that Kirk Cousins' ability to put up statistics on field doesn't usually correlate to W's, and that's and that goes even goes to where he was with the Redskins. But they they you know Minnesota, from what I'm hearing, there were a lot of people that were split on Teddy Bridgewater, on keeping Case Keenum, paying all this money to Kirk Cousins. So Kirk Cousins has a lot of pressure on him, and losing to the Jabroni Bills at home. Thanks, by the way, you guys got me hit on Survivor. By the way, appreciate it. You know that wasn't a good look for them. So they've won two of their games. They're coming into MetLife Stadium. Now, the, the Vikings have a very good defense. They're not the greatest on pass defense, so we may be able to open some stuff up there with Jermaine Curse in the slot. I know we're missing Quincy, but, you know, Kirk Cousins has a lot of pressure on him, and he's going to walk into MetLife Stadium with those Jet fans, rabid Jet fans, ready to go. That's true, and, I, you know, Jet fans do not have a short memory. We remember every single thing that's ever happened to our team by every single player that's ever slighted us, so you can bet Kirk, uh, you can bet Jet fans will have a little special something for Kirk Cousins this weekend. Their offense right now is ranked 10th in the NFL, Mike. Uh, they're 20th in rushing, but they're seventh in passing. Cousins averaging about 303 a game, which is pretty good. He's almost at 2,000 yeah. yards already. So we know their passing attack is strong. And teams have been able to pass the ball on us all year. That's concerning for me. Their rushing game has not been too much. I don't know how much we got to worry about that. This is kind of similar to, uh, even though the Colts didn't have as many yards passing, but kind of similar offense-wise 
as far as their strengths go, to the Colts. Thielen and Diggs, much better receivers than the, the, the oh, combo. Th- Thielen, Thielen is out of control. He's averaging 118.7 yards. Yeah, he's he's going ridiculous. So, I mean, their offense, especially with the passing game, uh, it's, it's kind of been unstoppable this year for most teams. The Bills have been able to stop them. They're 3-2-1, and one, though. So, their team as a whole, you know, I think they've underachieved this year. I don't think they're playing as well as everyone thought they would play. Their defense, which was very right. highly touted, Mike, they're only ranked 16th. 13th against the pass, which is kind of middle of the pack. 9th against the rush, though. They don't they only, they only, don't even give up 100 yards a game. They give up about 93 yards a game. So, against the rush, they've been pretty good. Hunter has 7 sacks. As we know, Harrison Smith from Notre Dame. 3 sacks, 32 tackles. Always a great player. Their defense as a whole, though, Mike, I think last year played a little bit better than they're playing this year. They've had some, they've had some times this year. Teams have been able to move the ball on them um, with the passing game. I think the Vikings are a very well-rounded team. I understand why they would be favored to lose this game. Um, they've won their last two games in a row. They were able to beat Philly. They were able to beat Arizona last week. So they're coming in pretty hot, just like us. We won two in a row. They've won two in a row. But the Kirk Cousins factor and just the vitriol and anger and uh, I mean, I, I don't really know if any Jet fans really have any resentment towards him as we would uh, in a different situation if we didn't get Sam. But since we got Sam, I think it's kind of a band-aid, kind of make kind of lessens the sting of Cousins not coming to be on our team, Mike. But definitely will be a rowdy crowd this weekend. I expect Jet fans to be out of their minds like always. I'll be up in there screaming my my head off as always, Mike. Gonna be a tough game. We've won two in a row. I don't know, uh, you know, if they're gonna be able to put up thirty plus points on the Vikings defense. That's going to be kind of tough, but I do know that one way or another, besides the Jaguar game, the Jets have been in every single game this whole season. That's one thing you can say. We played six games, five of those games we actually could have won. So I don't see the Vikings blowing us out or anything of that nature. But if Sam Darno, and we, we say this every week, Mike, but you know if he's going to go out there and be efficient like he was last week, if we're not going to turn the ball over, and if we can actually run the ball on this team, use some clock... Uh, that's our best chance at winning the game. We, we're not going to have a noon out there, so we'll have Robbie. We'll have Curtis. Pryor, I know, had a groin injury last week, so we'll monitor We'll monitor him moving forward this week uh, and see if he plays or not. The offensive line and the defensive line controlling, you know, the offensive line defensive line controlling the line of scrimmage, that's going to be the big thing in this game. I know our offensive line isn't the best, Mike. The defensive line is pretty good. Um, so if we're not able to run the ball, which is what I'm worried about against this team, versus the Colts, we knew even though their rushing stats weren't the worst, we could probably run the ball on the Colts. And even though we weren't the most efficient running in, Mike, we were able to run it enough last week that it kept them honest. You know, Powell had 60, Crowell had 40. So if, if we're not able to do that this week, though, if we're not able to run the ball, um, if the offensive line is not able to create some space, then I think it could be a long day for us because, you know, against the pass, they're not that bad. But against a rookie like Sam, it might be tough for him to take advantage of some things if the running game is getting nothing done. Well, the offensive coordinator for the Buffalo Bills really mixed it up when they were playing Josh Allen doing some run RPO plays. Uh, The secondary uh, was not communicating well on the Viking defense during that time. It looks like they probably got that cleaned up. But I'm going to tell you that our, our... Secondary currently is banged up. As you know, Jermaine Johnson, Buster Screen are going to be both out. Marcus May is going to be out with a broken hand, so we'll have Doug Middleton in there. Um, our defense is really going to have to put it together, and have Mo Claiborne is going to have to work on, on Thielen, and Roberts is going to have a big task 
in covering uh, Stefan Diggs. I do not know why Derek Jones is not ever activated in any of these games. He's always inactive. I would love to see him out there, but it's going to be a tough task to stick with this offense. But I'm going to tell you the key to the game is going to be Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold, if we win this game, it'll be Sam Darnold. He'll have to win it for us because he's going to have to keep up with this offense and expose this secondary, which has not been really great against the pass, uh, giving up currently the uh, 292 yards a game. Um, he, Curse is going to be a guy that he's going to want to look after. Like you said, Terrell Pryor has got a groin injury. It seems like he may be good to go, but we'll see about that. Um, and the offense, Jeremy Bates is just going to have to be creative. Look, no pen. Let's limit the penalties. Let's limit the turnovers. You know, let's limit the mistakes. If we're going to beat this team, we're going to have to play perfect football. And this t game is the game to let you know, can the Jets make the playoffs or not? Now, I don't personally think the Jets are going to the playoffs. That's not something that I thought of going into the season. But if they could win this Sunday, uh, the postseason looks brighter and brighter. Yeah, and the AFC this year, Mike, it's not been as good as other years. And I am not sitting here thinking the Jets should make the playoffs, or am I basing the success of this season if we make the playoffs or not? Sam Darnold's 21-year-old rookie, the youngest rookie to ever start week one in the history of the NFL. So if we don't make the playoffs, that's to be expected. However, I do think that we're 3-3. Three and three. Okay, we have 10 games left. We've won three. We've lost three. We're already kind of playing with house money here. I think a lot of teams thought the Jets would maybe win four, five, six games this year with Sam. We've already won three games. If you look at the rest of the schedule, the end of the year is pretty tough, but we play the Bills again, we play the Dolphins again. Uh, as I said earlier, we've been in all the games we played this season so far. One way or the other, we've managed to stay in the games, Mike. So, making the playoffs or not, we'll see what happens with that. Let's what's your What's your prediction of the game? When, when it comes to this game, Mike, I do think we're going to hang in the game. I think this probably will be another high-scoring game. In the 20s, though, when I say high-scoring, I don't know if we'll get above 30 points a game. I think the Vikings might have too much. For us to take a W, I think their team is very well-rounded. I think Kirk Cousins is a great quarterback. Tremendous receivers on their team. They have a really good defense. Uh, I'm not going to be surprised if we lose this game. I do think we'll put up a good fight. I think Sam will play a little bit better than the people think. But this this defense is probably, along with the Browns, the best defense we played besides the Jaguars, Mike. So uh, I don't have the best feeling about this game. I pretty much predict to win every week because I always have a great feeling. I don't when it comes to this game. But... Of course, I'll be rooting of all of my heart and every ounce of my being, hoping we win and cheering for Sam and cheering for the Jets and seeing which way we're going to pull it out. But if we're going to win this game, Mike, we're going to have to continue to get the turnovers, win the turnover battle, and be able to run the ball. That's the only way we walk out of this game with a W. I know, man. My mind's telling me no, but my body, my body's telling me yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to take the W, son. I feel it. I feel it, son. I don't know why. I don't know why. We sh I know that we should lose, but I feel momentum. I feel the push of Sam Darnold and all of this positivity in Jetland. I feel the W. 
I'd feel it. Did you hear that? And I'm predicting. He feels it. He feels the W. It's in his loins. And Mike is Mike is gonna hopefully take that positive energy. And as a good friend of mine, Chris Fox's dad used to say, "From your mouth to God's ears." Hopefully, that is a fact of life that we take a W next week. But I know one thing that we did take a W on, Mike, was this podcast this week. That once again we hit out of the park, the AEBG podcast. Another shout out to Jack and Jimmy Ladio and their dad Jimmy, who's a tremendous fellow, and everybody that supports us on a weekly basis, that follows us on Twitter, that gets at us on Facebook, that hits play, that downloads. All you guys, we appreciate it. We love you all. Mike, where can they find us? On Facebook, they can find us at AEBG.JetsRadio. Twitter, they can find us at AEBG underscore NYJ Podcast. And on Instagram, you can find us at Jet.AEBG. You heard the man on behalf of my colleague, Michael Lagaris. My name is Keith Farrell. This is the Ain't Easy Being Green Podcast. Hopefully, big time W this week for the New York Jets versus the Vikings. Get at you next week.